Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special, special movie episode of Games My Mom. <laughs> I am Mike Elberton. And who's with me tonight? You go first, beautiful. Oh, I'm Tiffany Elberton, and yep, that's all I got. And who else is with me, Mr. Rob? Yeah, hi. I thought you were calling me beautiful for a minute. I was like, come on, bud. Your girlfriend's right here. <laughs> hey, I haven't seen your... I've actually never seen what you look like. i just seen the icon of you, which has long hair. Well, let's hair. keep it that way, though. <laughs> and Rob, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter a lot of the time. I have a Discord you can find through the Twitter if you ask me, or you find the link on there somewhere. I need to post it again sometime soon. All right, and we have a new guest with us. Hi, I am Lisa. And you can find me at sassandsips.com. And that'll link you over to everywhere else you can find the podcast and our socials. Thank you for joining us. And there will be links in the show notes to uh, both of these lovely people. So check out their shows. And they're all here to join us to talk about The Last Unicorn, which came out in 1982. Directed by Arthur Ronkin Jr. and Jules Bass. Screenplay by Peter Beagle, which is also based on the novel that he wrote in this so we are doing this because every year, as like anyone who lives in the show for a long time knows, I try to do a, a birthday movie for Tiffany right around her birthday, which depending on when this drops will be the day. should be the day of, I think. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the hell. I think your birthday's on a Tuesday. I can't. <laughs> it is not. Okay. So what, That's what, when this will drop. Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday? No, it is. I know what date it is. Does that count? It does. <laughs> I'll forgive you for getting the days mixed up. So every year I like to do a movie of your choice. And this is also one of your favorite movies, which I had actually never seen before. That doesn't surprise me. You haven't seen a lot of movies. It surprised (laughs) me that you never had me watch it. Okay, there you go. I'll give you that, yes. And Tiffany, what is your history with this film? I don't remember when I first saw it, but um, I watched it a lot with my dad. Sorry, my voice is a little scratchy today. I watched it a lot with my dad and... I was for a while. I was just obsessed with it. I have a tattoo. On, <laughs> I have a tattoo on my calf, and I believe it says "They stare unbelieving at the last unicorn." And I, there was a screening downtown where we live, and the author was there, and it was just the coolest thing. He signed my CD and told us about how he didn't want America to do the soundtrack. And he was so upset that they did the soundtrack. But then after he he heard the music, he was okay with it. But he said he fought very hard for America not to do the soundtrack. He's missing out. America's a freaking great band. (laughs) I love 70s, 60s music. So, Rob, what is your history with this film? I've seen it a couple of times before my watch for this show over the years. Let me tell you, you asked me not to be too negative when I came on. And... (laughs) You know, maybe maybe I have a bit of a reputation as a negative Nelly when I want to be. <laughs> but you know what? It's very hard to be negative about such a well-made film. Like, it has so many incredible themes about aging and just how time affects humanity. It's got beautiful, beautiful anime. Like, it, it's a full anime movie just directed by the Rankin Bass guy. Like, <laughs> And who knows how much actual directing he did. I bet he did a bunch of storyboards and then all these like Japanese people were like, nope, we're doing all this. Like, it's so good. Like, oh, it's so incredible. I can't believe this came from Breaking Bass of all people. <laughs> right. And, uh, Lisa, what is your history with this movie? I have zero history. Okay. When, when, when Robbie asked me if I wanted to join, I didn't know 
what he was talking about. I had never even heard of it. And I was there for every minute of the 80s, and I had never heard of this movie. It didn't do good in the U.S. I Apparently not. So I'll be honest, the first time I watched it, I was not a fan. I was like, (laughs) how am I going to? Because I had explicit instructions to not shit all over this movie. (laughs) Normally I don't care, but I didn't want to upset my wife. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? But I watched it again. And on the second time, I was like, okay, wait, wait, I get it now. I, it gave me a lot of nostalgia feels. Like it really did have that kind of warm and fuzzy feeling. I don't know how many more times I would ever watch it in the future, but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy watching it. So I didn't have a history. I never even heard of it, but I'm glad that I watched it. <laughs> well, sometimes it's just nice to get something. Like there's so many movies that I want to watch just to watch, get it off my backlog type of thing. I mean, this was one that I was curious. Like I was surprised going into this movie, like as what Robbie was saying, the animation holds up still. Yes. Like it wasn't bad. And I was a little surprised from a movie from 82 looks good. <laughs> the animation is beautiful. It is. Like they did a good job with mm-hmm. it. And it, as soon as, it, before I even realized it was the Rankin, the Rankin stuff, I'm like, oh, it looks like the Lord of the Rings. Uh, excuse me. I, I said thought about it. I didn't say it. You said it. Yes. <laughs> but I thought, which I've never no, seen those no. movies. No, sir. It looks like The Hobbit and The Return of the King. It That's does not look like the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. Okay, said, oh this is far better than that, sir. No, I know. I mean, I've never seen those. I just remember they were on Cartoon Network when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh, you get to see these movies. And I'm like, this looks like trash. I never watched it. I was... <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to tell you something. That Hobbit adaptation that has some fine looking anime going on in there. I've just never worse. seen it. Yeah, what? I want to. I want to watch Hobbit. I don't want to watch Return of the King because Return of the King no. is just. The ho- it's we watched it in school. I feel like I, hey, there's still some anime going on in there. There's some some cool stuff. A lot I just of have a hard happening. time with the Return of the King book because in the movie because in general, just because it's such a dark story at times in that book, and it's so I want nothing to do with that that section of of Lord of the Rings. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But I, that's just, I just can't. It's too depressing. I know they think succeed in the end, but it's too depressing. It bothers me. How do we get to Lord of the Rings? Because it's ranking it best. <laughs> did, did you cry at the end of Toy Story 3? You seem like one of these, those people. There might have been some tears the first time I watched this. <laughs> this is not a kid's movie. There were, there were definitely tears on my end. None of Disney is a kid's movie, baby. <laughs> I, I remember watching Toy Story with my son. He was too little to realize what was. he didn't care. But I'm like, what the hell? The Little Mermaid had penises in it. I, I'm only on the cover. Okay. I think this movie is deceptive in that if you show it to a child that's young enough, maybe they won't pick up on all the larger themes, <laughs> and they'll just think, oh, this is just a beautiful cartoon, and these people mew, move in an incredible way. And then maybe when that kid gets a little older, they start thinking, huh, why does that tree have boobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a part where I was just like, you know, why, I, I I was watching that, like, okay, why does the tree have boobs? And again, why is the tree suffocating him with the boobs? Like, was this necessary? Like, I'm like, all right. I, I love you. I love, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I imagine, said, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, like, when that part came up again, like, I remembered it being there, but I didn't remember it, like, being so, like, full Sexual? animated. Like, it has full animation when you watch the way, like, they put <laughs> tender time and care into the tree harassing this 
shitty <laughs> magician, okay? <laughs> and she calls a unicorn a husky. You husky. <laughs> oh, yeah. How dare you take my man? Oh, it is just like, I was like, what are we watching? Like, this is not a kid's movie. That's what went through my head, too. I mean, 80s were different. So. Hey. Yeah, no, I was going to say, my at one point, my 10-year-old walked in and was like, what are you watching? And I was like... Oh, it's, I you know, know, for a recording, and she rolled her eyes and walked out of the room. <laughs> Later, my 17-year-old came out and was like, are you finally done watching whatever you were watching? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I don't know. There was some guy tied to a tree, and he was trying to get, cast a spell, and he wasn't saying any words. And I was like, okay, it was the 80s. And she was like, <laughs> Oh, These kids would not survive. Oh, I'm so thankful I'm never going to have children. I'll just talk down about the time I was alive in. That was the 2020s. You keep you humble, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, hey, that's how I respond to some stuff from the 80s, too. And I'm 36, so, and I still you respond. Were, you were I was born in 87, but I don't like, I, I've noticed that I miss out a lot of 80s stuff. That's why oh, I miss too. It's just so easy to make fun of the 80s. Like, there's just so much stuff to just pick oh. up and make fun of. There is. Yeah. Oh, and I should say the plot this movie really quick before I move on, before I forget. Ken needs to write it for <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to. Uh, essentially, the plot of this movie is the unicorn gets told by a stranger that she's the last of the unicorn and goes to look for other unicorns and runs into other people that join her in her quest. There's the plot. <laughs> I mean, essentially but, the plot. Well, it is, Last unicorn for dummies. It is the plot, but like that is like a deceptive little front for this movie that's all about how aging affects your perception of reality because every character is in a different point in their life and they they are really specific about making sure every character has a plot point that they talk about on some level that gives <laughs> you enough backstory so that way you can understand where they are in their journey in their life. Like Schmendrick, he's a somewhat failed magician. He's still kind of young, but he's also bitter from having to work with Mommy Fortuna. Mommy <laughs> Fortuna has a really like interesting relationship with the harpy she captured and that uh, has a great payoff in that whole scene. Why is her name Mommy Fortuna is what I kept asking myself when I was watching this. Like I was like, what is that his mother? And I really like, no, it, that's just her name. And I'm like, no, no, just weird old, weird old women are going to weird old women. That's all I could say. That's a really great point though, about the age and all the different characters in the different age groups. I didn't really like that didn't really strike me, but I really liked, like it makes so much more sense now. I really like that connection. Well, think about the king. I know we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves, but That's the fine. reason we can jump around. But the reason why he's like shackled himself up in this castle and kept all the unicorns is because he wants to keep reliving his youth. You know, no matter how it has affected his kingdom, no matter how it has affected his castle, he never actually have a had a child. We found out, and right. yeah. I, it's really powerful when you break down all the layers of it. It is. I mean, I was also thinking in the beginning of this movie how the whole, like, everything is set in motion because two random guys go into a forest hunting and go, we can't hunt here. There's a unicorn here. And just because of their comment, everything else happens. Well, like, they find out that there's a unicorn there because everything is completely perfect. Everything around them suddenly becomes spring-like everything around there's no snow as they were dealing with earlier 
So they have to assume that a unicorn is nearby because I guess a unicorn holds a magical presence in this universe and makes it possible to have perfection around them. And the unicorn represents the perfection of youth and the like unattainable like sense of like like undying that you have when you're young. Like you don't think you can die when you're young a lot of the time. So you'll yes, just do yes. whatever, you know? Like that's that's a sad reality for a lot of people. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I remember doing some dumb ass shit when I was younger. Like, I'll be fine. Now I'll be like, nope. <laughs> sure. Oh, there's some dumb shit. Sure. And these other characters represent what the results of those actions are. Those other characters represent the imperfections that come with life after so many events plague you. You know, you're giving it more meaning than I really realized, too. Like, I was watching YouTube videos ap- ap- uh, earlier today. We watched this last night, and I was like, there's a lot more means to this movie than what I caught. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. I read some reviews about it, and, you know, I was fascinated by the connection with the coming-of-age stuff. And I really, I really didn't get that on my first watch. But then watching it again after kind of reading a little bit more about the movie... I think that's why I enjoyed it more, but I still feel like listening to Robbie, I missed a whole lot. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, just from when I was watching the YouTube videos, I was like, there's a lot more to this movie. And there are people out there who love this movie. It has layers upon layers. It does. Like an onion. But... <laughs> it's better than an onion, you might even say. <laughs> it is. I don't like onions that much. Unless you chop them up good. And they're good. And dip, I don't and like, good. I don't like the movie you're referencing that from. Very much. <laughs> unless you kind of just chop it up, you know, in a little bits. I have no idea. I just have to make jokes about Shrek when it comes up, that's all. <laughs> like, I still say when someone says really, I go, really, really. I still do it to people. <laughs> so, yeah, that movie will ever live in my will ever that forever. Movie ruined head. a generation of children. Like, I still, every so often when people say, do you know, like, I think, wait, do you know the Muffin Man or do you know something? And I want to, every time I just want to stop and say, the Muffin Man? And I just, I, I know I can't, because <laughs> a lot of times that is in a professional setting. That would not go over well when I just start spouting out that. Tiffany, would you like to talk about how um, how this film is affecting you since you picked this as a birthday like, <laughs> choice? I, I kind of wonder if maybe that like goes hand in hand with the fact that you're having a birthday. You're feeling a little reflective. I don't know you seem to have a handle on that more than I do. It was more like a nostalgia thing. Okay. <laughs> I was just curious. I, you know, it seems a little coincidental. Well, oh, it, it's just a coincidence. But no, you're very right. It, it's a very coming of age movie. And the I can't remember her name. The woman that was with um the dude in the forest. Molly. Yeah. Blue. Molly. Yeah. You can tell she's at that point in her life where... She regrets her decisions, and she wished she had done other things with her life, especially when she met the unicorn. And it's like the interactions with the unicorn kind of bring out, like, almost your regrets in your life. I just love how she's like, I've been with this guy forever. I'm leaving. Bye. Just no words. Disappears. Like I, I was wondering what happened to him. Like, did she really just, like, off and leave him? Yes. Uh, okay. Does she really look she just like leaves she him. cared about him? No, but she leaves him, and he runs from what I was re- when I was watching him and YouTube. the rat soup. <laughs> he goes off and follows the illusion of the Robin Hood band with the oh, rest right. of them that are okay. all tricked. Okay. 
I think so. What I was, what the YouTube said, I wasn't paying enough attention to that part. I think I, that's wrong. Though. Either way, I just thought it was hilarious, and she's like, no, "I'm done with this guy." I, I kind, I, I watched the movie not more than like an hour and a half ago. That seems about right to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Smendrick think... conjured up the Robin Hood illusion, and then all these men started chasing after the Robin Hood that were just fake because they were so enamored with the illusion. But after, like, after they all passed through the forest, that's when Schmendrick got tied up, and they're like, we'll deal with him in the morning. Well, they, they tied him up. Yeah, oh, yeah, because he does the illusion, and they tie him okay. up to the tree. Down okay, to walk yeah. Him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I guess she just left him then. Yeah, so. Good for <laughs> her. Girl them. powers. <laughs> I just thought that was just funny. I was just like, oh, okay, she's just part of the team now. I like how she could see the unicorn where other people couldn't. And I thought that was an interesting twist, too, because really earlier in the movie... That. They said men cannot see the unicorn. They did not say women can't see the unicorn. Oh. Oh. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I like, like that. That that really struck me earlier because I was like, I, I started thinking about it for a minute. It's like, why, how can all these other people see the unicorn? What's the difference? And that's like, oh, wait, they're women. They, are, right. they aren't men. Like, they aren't the dumb men. Like, they still are <laughs> tied to the natural world in the way all these other men around them aren't. I mean, but that I, makes sense because I'm um, I'm sorry. That makes sense though because Molly could see and Mommy Fortuna could see, and everyone else is like, "What's well, a? It's a white mare." Schmendrick could see because he he's tied to the natural world through magic. Well, that makes sense. But every like, every other character, I think, was male. I don't think there were any other female characters except for no. the tree with the boots. No. But, um, <laughs> I guess technically the uh, the Albert Brooks butterfly could see that she was a unicorn. But he's also a, a singing butterfly. A yeah, magical yeah. creature, so that's what I put that off as. If I, I can't get over that butterfly. That I was love just, that butterfly. It's such a weird scene. He's part of my uh, tattoo, too. <laughs> He's like on the unicorn's nose. Where there's just a butterfly just comes in here and just sings to you like, there used to be unicorns and a Red Bull. And I'm like, what is going on in this movie? You never see him again. He's just gone. I'm just like. Do do you find the butterfly cute, Tiffany? I love the butterfly. Okay. I'm not not going to be too negative, but I must say I feel like there's some anachronisms about the character and the way he's played that feels off in this movie almost like he sings like folk tunes that I don't understand how they can be a part of this world. And uh, I, I definitely like, this is the kind of thing Shrek was doing in a way cruder <laughs> way though, like 20 years later, like it's the same type of humor where you bring in these sort of anachronistic things to kind of subvert the fairy tale from what it's supposed to be. But I also feel like it just kind of runs on, and it's so many just riddles that they put you through. Like, it it, it feels like it kind of drags the movie down right at the front. So, Rob, I have a question. Can you show me where Shrek hurt you? Here? <laughs> here? <laughs> Especially here. Deep in I appreciate the Indiana Jones reference. That's all I always like a, It's more like Michael Myers, honestly. Michael Myers. <laughs> you know, I sat through the love guru. I said, enough is enough. This is an abusive rela- relationship. <laughs> I'm not tolerating it anymore. You shouldn't have. Why were you watching that movie? I, you know, I was a dumb teenager, and I had cable. I, you know, okay. I'm allowed to make mistakes once in a while, Mike. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> oh. But I, I I don't know. I just saw the whole fly. For some reason, when I saw the fly, the first thing that popped in my the head, 
the bolt, the, but it's a fly butterfly. Aww. They both have wings. They both fly. Sure. <laughs> I think it's a bot fly is what it's actually called. I think from what I was seeing, I don't think it's supposed to be butterfly. But it reminded me of like George R. R. Martin, but a drunk version of him turned into a fly. <laughs> I do not know why, but that is what my brain went to. The only problem with that is that Albert Books is ten times more entertaining than George R. R. Martin could ever hope to be. <laughs> it's just that was the guy that came to mind when I think of an old guy with a big beard and a hat. Yeah, it, it is a pretty striking resemblance there, friend. Alicia, <laughs> do you have any opinions about our fly that we can <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. The beginning of the movie on the first watch was rough. The music was very, like, solemn. And even the butterfly kind of felt like it went on too long. And I think that's where I was like, how am I going to get through this? <laughs> and there. I and I, I think I, like, almost shot myself in the foot on the first watch because I was already like, Oh, if this is how like the first <laughs> nine minutes are, how am I gonna? But on the second watch, I was like, oh, okay, it, it ends. We never see him again. We're fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, we we I can get through it. Like, we're fine. <laughs> you know. Oh no, it just was a. I mean, I guess he's just there to give her plot to what she yeah. needs to do. I don't know. I just thought it funny. I mean, it was I, cute. I the it colors was. were nice. It was just to me. I think that if I had watched this movie as a kid. I would have better feelings towards it. But watching it Fair. now, it it just didn't hold my attention as well as it could have. And I, I think that that's where my disconnect was. It doesn't hold up to today's. <laughs> it has more meaning than some stuff for today. I mean, I was entertained Definitely. enough. I mean, I did play Marvel Snap during it, but I was entertained enough. You need to stop doing that. <laughs> I can't. I you really Marvel should. Snap owns my soul. Next time, I'm going to take your goddamn thing away. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to put some perspective into your head, buddy. <laughs> a, a team of Japanese animators worked on a budget of $3.5 to bring this to you. That, that's pennies compared to what, like, the Black Cauldron was produced for. They put $44 <laughs> million into that. And this movie looks better than the Black Cauldron. Do you understand? Like, <laughs> Disney wants to forget that movie ever happened, sir. They do not forget. You're reminding them that Black movie ever happened. They hate Black Cauldron because they lost the money. There's nothing Black Cauldron. If you notice, there's like no toys for it. There's no merchandise for it. People try, they try to forget that movie exists. That's like, their fa- that's like their fantasy version of Song of the South. They just want to disappear. <laughs> yeah, they don't want you remembering that one either. They don't want you to remember, hey, remember that racist movie we made? No, don't, don't forget that ever happened. Yes. <laughs> I missed it. He pulled down my earbud. But to go back to the last <laughs> unicorn, like I did like where she just kind of falls asleep and then you have Mommy Witch find her. I was expecting the mommy witch to be more to like to last longer. Move like when I first saw, it, I'm like, okay, she's gonna be the villain of the movie. That's kind of what I what I was thinking. I like how she has that this random crow just sitting on her stump <laughs> of a hat, and just, I was like expecting that crow to have more. Like there's a scene way late in this movie where you see a crow like that again. I'm like, oh, is she gonna come back? But no, she's no. Angela Lansbury did a bit. Yeah, she does. She doesn't didn't even know who Angela Lansbury. I did not. Or Mia Farrow was, and I was just upset about a lot of things. <laughs> I think this is why I don't see some movies from childhood, isn't it? Because it's weird. There's certain ones you're like, no, we don't need to watch that together. You tried no. that one dinosaur movie, remember? Baby the dinosaur, and I was like, what is this garbage? I love <laughs> and then I was the last one I think you introduced me to. Like we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I've been allowed to watch more movies that she loved as a kid. <laughs> Tiffany, uh, if if you love like really like like weird obscure cartoons, you should check out the Saturday Morning All Star Hits show on Netflix. 
it's all it's a like whole series dedicated to parodying a Saturday Saturday morning cartoon block with like really obscure weird cartoons they have one cartoon that's part of it and it's all about the brothers of famous like athletes and they have like an action squad <laughs> and it's that like that fun. it's really fun um i'm forgetting the comedian who's in charge of it for some reason i shouldn't be i'm very tired everybody <laughs> <laughs> i know thank you it's a little late <laughs> That's not my, my, what, my, it's your fault. It is my fault. It wasn't my choice, but it was my fault, yes. It's your fault. <laughs> Felix, I, it's I, your I, fault. With the stuff with the witch, like, I like the idea that the unicorn just takes a nap uh, next to the road because she's not scared of humans because she doesn't know that humans are piece of shit. Like, I like that. I think part of she thinks she can just take them. Well, she's not aware of the world. And I, I like that idea that you have a character that's, you know, kind of innocent in a way. And then everything she goes through as the movie continues. I thought yeah. that was a, like, that's how I took that concept of. I thought that's what I fe- felt like they were going for. She didn't have an inkling after the guy tried to put his belt around her. Well, he tried and she just kicked him <laughs> and ran off. I mean, that's what I'm saying. she was like, a, but you think, yeah, that was kind of part of it, too. Like, you know, no, she has I a bad scene. You're saying and you're correct. <laughs> and then the whole, like, the idea when the mommy which what is her name mommy fortuna mommy fortuna puts a spell on her and then when she sticks like the random like fake horn on her so people will see a unicorn i thought that was interesting like that illusion stuff was that was a really cool moment when they do take her and they put her in the in the in the cell when they do the transitions in the animation i always think it looks really good like when the robin hood apparitions walk through the other people yes to have a cartoon character walk through another cartoon character is very complicated (laughs) 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 oh my word and they also have multi-plane camera stuff going on in this where you have your animation like it like a lot of it is actually full frame by frame animation like it's a luxury to have that type of animation on a 3.5 million budget in <laughs> 1982 like like these people did their job good <laughs> i mean that's not some some yeah, some of the stuff that surprised me like i didn't catch that but i was thinking of just the stuff with the when she's at the little side circus and you see all the other animals there are like all these legendary monsters that are captured there's the serpent there's the harpy, which actually is a harpy. You have, forget what else there was, the bandicore. Like, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then you find out they're just, it's all an illusion. Cool. I liked it. I was mm-hmm. like, this got my attention. And when I saw that sad monkey escape, and I just felt so bad for him because he just looked so malnourished. I'm like, I just felt bad. Like, the movie made me feel bad. It's not going to feed her sideshow freaks. <laughs> I noticed. But I felt bad for them. Hey, they're there. They are there to make money, not take money. You understand, <laughs> Mike? That's Appar- the way Mama Fortuna works. <laughs> Apparently, in the book, there is a dog that makes it look like Cerberus and something else too that they didn't include in this movie. You should read the book. But I also found out while watching YouTube videos that there are a lot of dialogue from this movie taken exactly from the book. He just took what he wrote and just put it in here. He wrote the screenplay. Yeah, he took exactly what he wrote. Yes. Thank have, God for that. Have you read the book? I have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was I just curious like awful about that. Like I've been meaning to, and to be honest, as obsessed with this movie as I have been my entire life, I didn't know it was a book until I went to meet the the author. <laughs> I don't Sometimes feel it's hard though, you yeah. know, like because it, it kind of ruins the illusion of yeah. of the like the the memories and all the feelings that you have that associate with the movie. Yeah, you know you. 
sometimes it's scary to think like, okay, well, if I read the book, then will it ruin what It'll I know? Oh, yeah. God, that's what I was afraid of, you know, because <laughs> you're right. Yeah. From what I was seeing online, the book is, the movie is pretty faithful to the book. A oh, few things good. are different, but it's pretty faithful. In the so beginning, in the beginning, when they like kind of do the first little intro song and they have just a, a moment of you seeing all the woodland critters, they do these transitions between what I think are the visuals of the book and the actual aesthetics of the movie. And they're so beautiful watching these characters like change from what well, I'm pretty sure are the layouts of the book into the animated film that we're going to see. Mm, it's incredible. I the opening. I like the. I actually like. I like the opening too, and I really appreciate the song because I'm a big America fan. So hearing <laughs> them, I'm like, recognize your voice. These aren't songs I know, but recognize your voice. This movie is so well made on an animation level that there are several spots where it's just the unicorn running over backgrounds. And the backgrounds are so perfectly timed. Like, it's so exquisite exquisite to watch it, even though I understand on an animation level how simple it is. But it's so gorgeously detailed. You You could spend hours, like, picking out every little thing frame by frame if you wanted to. See, I didn't appreciate the animation as much, but I'm not an animation guy. Yeah, I'm a nerd. (laughs) <laughs> no, don't get wrong with that. I mean, it, it, it's cool to see because you're someone that understands what you're talking about. So, like, you you know, you're able to appreciate things about this movie that I wouldn't have. I mean, I thought it looked nice, but I wouldn't have as much information of in my head. I genuinely consider it as well animated as any Disney production of the 80s. The people who were working on this top craft, they ended up being the studio that helped uh, create Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. And that would go on to be. The first Ghibli picture, technically, I think they kind of grandfathered it in. But the people who ran Topcraft, they go on to Studio Ghibli. The people who were also working at Topcraft, they were working at other studios. Like, I looked up one guy, and he did a 50-episode series for Topcraft, and he had already been a director on Speed Racer and a couple of other big properties. Like, the people who made this... They were veterans, and they knew exactly what they were doing, and it shows on every frame. There's only a few moments where I think the character animation gives out, and I just think that's kind of to be expected, you know, in the budget they had. Like, the amount of detail they put into these backgrounds, like, it's it's astounding to me. Another thing that I thought was kind of dark for a kid's movie was the stuff with the harpy when the... the yeah, kid's movie. <laughs> It makes sense that the unicorn lets out the harpy because you can let out all the creatures. You can let, and then the harpy kills Mommy Fortuna, and also the harpy has three boobs. I was just like, why? <laughs> I did notice. I was like, why? Why does this have three? Like, why? did somebody watch? Wait, did totally come out at this point? Okay, there there are like problems with the sexuality of that. I told <laughs> I totally get that, but I would also argue that. Every female character in this movie is purposefully female because they have to be female to see the unicorn. So to be able to see the unicorn, they made all these characters different types of representations of femininity. Like, you know, maybe we probably shouldn't be having like full on breast (laughs) swinging uh, in a kid's movie. But at the same time, 
Like, I think it's supposed to represent different layers of feminine psyche. This this was written by a man, right? Like, this whole <laughs> this was written by a man, right? So maybe he's kind of blind on why you shouldn't be using nudity. <laughs> <laughs> that, that probably could apply to some of the animators I and mean, directors, it too. It was written by a man, but they didn't have to animate it that way. <laughs> that harpy is not like that in the book, by the way, from what the YouTube said. They add, they didn't have three boobs in the book. They added that in the, in the movie. They're like, we want our three boob harpy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what about the tree? Didn't we already discuss the tree? The tree was in the book, the yes. The tree molested. That's in the book. <laughs> okay. It doesn't mention the boobs, but it is in the book. That... <laughs> no, no, uh, no, the boobs on the tree. <laughs> I don't think that was in the book from what I... Is the tree called the unicorn a hussy in the book? I want that degree of accuracy. <laughs> yeah, it's just so I funny. <laughs> oh, I think the stuff with the... like when Oh, when he goes to unlock... When the wizard goes to unlock the, the cell that... The unicorn. I can't remember his freaking name. Schmendrick. Oh, Schmendrick. Alan Arkin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the other. I forget. I don't remember the king. Sorry, I was. I don't remember Igor either. So that's what I called him in my head. I don't Igor. He looked like an Igor. God damn! I'm making a young Frankenstein reference. Damn it! You laughing? I've never seen that movie, by the way, Rob. Oh my word! I know it. We're going to do a whole episode on that thing, and you're going to laugh, boy. I mean, we had, like, almost a whole year of movies Mike hasn't seen. Yes. We had a whole poll every month. I had to come up with four different movies. It was not hard. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> okay. okay, you've at least seen Blazing Saddles, right? Like, you've at least seen that one, right? No, nope. God. Never. He never saw The Birdcage either. Oh, my word. That's a good movie. That. We fixed that, That's dog. a good movie, actually. <laughs> Okay. I only seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, Mel Brooks. So. Oh my word! Oh, we gotta yeah. do something with you, buddy. I love you. <laughs> but to go I'm back, like, heal you. You you make a good point about like I didn't think about that with the harpy, like why they're doing that, or the stuff with Mommy Fortuna. Like you bring some good points, and that that makes sense what they were going for with that, but why they make them very distinctly female. Um, I was also like, it doesn't need to be three. It does not need to be three boobs, no. I'm not saying the nudity is justified, okay, people? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to have a nice conversation. Like you're going to have some little girl. Like, Mommy, am I going to have three boobs <laughs> Only in te- Only in Mars, baby. Only on Mars. <sighs> I want... I- they call that progress on Mars, okay? <laughs> Don't judge their culture by Earth standards. You understand? Oh, but Sorry. I do like this. St- I appreciate the way that a lot of the characters grow, like the way the wizard grows throughout this movie. Her name's Molly, right? The woman that Molly. takes long. I think mm-hmm. she grows very well. Like you see a lot of like what's going on from as they're traveling across. You like you have the the merry band of idiots we talked a little bit about, and then when you get to finally the the act three of this movie with the castle. And when they're when they finally confront the Red Bull, I thought that was also like that Red Bull looks uh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the the first moment you get the Red Bull and he's trying to herd her back to the castle, that's some of the best animation in this whole thing. It's so striking and and full. I think they did that a full frame by frame. It's awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So oh, scary too, like for a child yeah. thing. Well, it's like you can. Feel her fear and yeah. like his power, and you can. It's just an animation. I know, but <laughs> the 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 flaming, the ethereal, like to it, like it is well done yeah. for eighty two. 
That's all I could think of. But all it's, I could think of was if there was multiple unicorns he was chasing, why didn't they turn on his ass? <laughs> <laughs> With their I sharp wa- damn horns. <laughs> I want to I want to bring up uh, the Black Cauldron again because I think <laughs> I think the Red Bull is better and scarier than anything in the Black Cauldron. It's a better effect all around. Like it just it's so dynamic. Like I wish Disney was doing something half as cool and dark as this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie. The Black Cauldron. Yeah. You're not missing anything. No. Oh, okay. We'll keep it that way. Good. It's not on Disney Plus for a reason. Because <laughs> they don't want you to remember it. It's maybe one of the few Disney films that just sucks so much. Now they were just like, nah, we're not even going to bother. <laughs> People don't need to get, keep getting paid for this. <laughs> uh, so, once, so I had never seen this movie before, as I mentioned. And one thing that really threw me for a loop that I did not expect is when they are confronted with the Red Bull. And the uni- you know the unicorn is being pushed away to the to to eventually like to the castle, and then he turns her, and then the wizard turns her into a human. I did not see that coming, even though I should have, because I've seen that character on leggings that, <laughs> that you ordered. I've seen it on shirts that you it's, ordered. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's on the cover of the movie as well. Depends on the cover, but but yes, like I just never put two and it never put two and two together. I was like, oh, I it was just. And the and the way she reacts to being turned into a human, it's very emotional. Yeah, and it, I thought it was fantastic. Like she's like, "What the fuck did you do to me?" Mm-hmm. His body dying around me. That's what you want. Oh god, me. that killed me. <laughs> I know. I was like, "No." Existential dread. Here we go. Oh, oh man, that's every day of my life. Like, <laughs> why am I in this flesh prison? His body is dying. I'm gonna start seeing that. I mean, His like, you just, that's the first thing she says when she becomes a human. I'm like, welcome to welcome I, to human. Dying around me. I'm like, well, think about it. You're a majestic creature that doesn't that's immortal, and all of a sudden now you're you're immortal. Like that affect mentally, physically, everything. Yeah. And I, I don't want to harp on this type of thing too much, but <laughs> they get away with showing her bare bottom in that one part of the scene. Oh, and gosh. I just feel like it's such an innocent moment. It doesn't even matter. Like, this is a, in a way, you have to kind of think of this as a freshly born person almost. Yeah. And her like, ear was covering most of it. Yes. <laughs> like, it, it's very tasteful. Like it I didn't think tasteful. I didn't think it was something to feel upset about. I didn't think it was anything worse than the Little Mermaid that happened ten <laughs> years later. Right. You know? Well, no, more like six or seven. I, I don't have my dates right. <laughs> I can't remember. Elisa, what did you think of this part? I mean, the animation was fine. The the bottom, you know, like the nudity or pseudo nudity, it didn't bother me. But I I was fascinated by her reaction. You know, because it was like. Like you said, you know, th- this majestic beast of a unicorn. And then all of a sudden now it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I pretty much had the same kind of reaction to it. But I feel like, you know, like that kind of stuff is so typical for like the 80s movies. You know, like I think this is why like we were like a generation of people who are so indifferent to everything. Because it was like we, we just got like traumatized at every turn. <laughs> I was talking about that. When somebody at a convention about which movies traumatized us in the eighties, the never-ending story. Yep. Yep. Me. Me. (laughs) I was watching this, and I mean, in certain ways, some of it's very traumatic. Like, yeah. And I never, I was like, huh, maybe 
right? I mean, you have genocide. All her, all the unicorns are being <laughs> oh, destroyed, yeah. killed. Right. You have her turn into a go from an immortal being to but being I immortal. I see that. I didn't see that until I was an adult. So maybe deep down, it like rooted in my. See, they didn't do it as direct as Never Any Story goes. Artists don't feel sad. <laughs> Artists be happy. Like I'm just like, man, this scene is whew, still. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think there's a probably probably a good explanation for why you feel this way. In the eighties, in big budget like animation, creators were getting the opportunity to actually do things with maturity. Like you had Don Bluth coming out around this time, the anime boom in the late seventies into the late eighties is happening, and people are taking more risks. You know, just the Don Blue stuff itself, Secret and them, um, mm-hmm. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Those were pushing the boundaries of what oh, content for. They, they, they were, but, you know, I think it was also a thing of like, well, we've had years of these like Disney productions that mm-hmm. talk down to children that aren't good for children, that like think children are too stupid to handle real life <laughs> and to handle real shakes. So. We're going to, you know, give them some adult shit between all the little, like, mouse cartoons and what have you. Right. Yeah, like, and I I think maybe that kind of, like, it didn't go into TV as much, but in the feature one stuff, you just had people trying to do more, trying to create better storytelling. And but, there's, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 okay. but I was going to say, but it, I feel like it did cross over even into TV. My, my friend who co-hosts the podcast with me, we had this conversation about how so many sitcoms in the eighties, you know, a parent was dead or two parents were dead. And, and we had all those very special episodes that really kind of hit us with the hard issues. Like they tackled shit, you know, and, and we were there for it. And I feel like, yes, TV still does that, but they work it in in a way that that's not the same. Where back then you knew you were going to have to buckle your seatbelt because you were in for an episode where so-and-so gets kidnapped and possibly molested or such and such is dealing with death. And and I feel like we had a lot of that that they, they kind of like didn't pull punches from us. And so this this movie, like and like you said, you know, like they really just kind of you know, went for it. But I feel like the movie fits in really well because you're dealing with coming of age, genocide, you know, just all this, all these topics that are not necessarily child appropriate when you kind of label them, but were on brand for the time. Once you give them a name, then you're like, wait, we did that? But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, now it sounds bad. No wonder I need therapy. (laughs) Land before time. Land before time. (sighs) Shut up. Right. I can't comment on Secret Nim, I've never seen it. So oh, all, do- all all dogs go to heaven, the first one, and even at Christmas special, because I was watching that a lot. I didn't kid. watch any more than the first one. I was done. Okay, I was well done. <laughs> well, either way, those are very formative in how I look and view the world the world, I think. I'm- I watched the first one a lot as a kid. I had it on VHS. I remember my mom taking me to her her office where she worked and would put me in a room where they had the TV on a, on a stand and they would move around and put the movie on. I'd play with my toys and watch the movie while she worked on a Saturday. I remember that. <laughs> I, I remember watching that movie, but I, I was too young to put two and two together how probably traumatizing that movie. I know I bought that movie for my son when it came out in DVD, and, but I don't know if I ever... I probably showed it to him, but he probably no didn't care. He wants to save things. <laughs> 
things. This is why. Probably is. He's like, I watched the dog go to heaven. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, I never thought about that. that movie's, I, I should rewatch that movie now and see what I think. I'm sure I won't like it. It's better than Oliver and Company, but Oliver and Company. Well, I, I think Oliver and Company is watchable in like a super 80s way. Yes. <laughs> but All Dogs Go to Heaven is the hipper choice. All right. You don't uh, have Billy Joel in that thing. Let me tell you, it's a blessing. And the stuff with the castle, like when they finally get to the castle, I do like the the couple of tricks that the, that the movie pulls on you when you first get there. Like when they see these two guards, they're like, "Take us to your king." And he's like, "Okay." And then he just, it just, and then he follows. He turns around. He's like, "I'm the king." When they get I, to the room, and I'm just I like, am "King Huggers." I'm like, "Really?" Like, <laughs> I, I liked it how he had like he had nobody working there. Supposedly no, there's four people, but we don't meet the other. We meet the wizard, and we never meet the other person. You can't Unless pay the cat him. was working there. Nobody <laughs> cares anymore. They haven't been eating for probably years. <laughs> there's a reason they have rat stew for three days. <laughs> they didn't have rat stew too at that place. I guess I would assume. <laughs> I mean, you know. uh, I also didn't notice this, but in the video I was watching, it said that every, that this movie loved the color blue, like the potatoes are bluish. Everything's blue. I did not catch that, but now I kind of want to rewatch. There was it. a okay. lot of like blues and browns and <sighs> tones. Yeah, yeah. So, th- but I think that it might have been on purpose because then when you get the white of the unicorn and the lavender, it really popped. And the red of the bull. And yeah. the red of the bull. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot. There's a, oh, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say there's a lot. There's a lot of animators showing off because to, <laughs> to draw a horse well, like that's a goal a lot of animators never figure out because a horse moving is so intricate in a way that humans don't move. It's just a, <laughs> it's a real challenge, and uh, I, yeah, I think they do a lot of showing off at times. It's incredible to watch. <laughs> She moved in such a unique way, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's And, like, if you notice the design, she isn't designed like a regular horse. Like, no. her front legs are very, very thin compared mm-hmm. to the rest of her body. She's definitely an anime ca- character compared to every <laughs> other horse, you know? Oh, and I, one thing, another thing I want to bring up, like, when you first meet the king and that voice of Christopher Lee, <laughs> man, that guy is just great. I, and all, he was... I mean, Saruman, Count Dooku, just, I love hearing him. Oh, you didn't even mention his legendary hammer horror work. Like, the man <laughs> is one of the greatest horror actors that ever graced the screen. Like, uh, but hey, he was in The Man with the Golden Gun. I've seen that. Like, oh, he is. Yeah, I forget about but that one. I, I was When I was watching the YouTube video, it said that he brought stuff from the book to the script that they could not he would not let him take stuff out of the movie that when they wanted to he's like this has to be in the movie like i thought he was passionate about the book which i thought was really cool when i heard that like it's just funny because christopher lee is a freaking so, uh, you know soldier and everything and awesome freaking person he is he's an awesome guy he can he can trace his lineage back to like rome if i remember correctly <laughs> but if he wasn't dead yes yes i would I keep track of who dies anymore. My dad told me that. Also, the guy was like 90 looking when he did the Star Wars movies 20 years ago. I don't don't think he was 90, but he looked like he was 90. (laughs) When he played Don Count Dooku (laughs) and Saruman. He could not have been 90. He's also in Kingdom Hearts 2, by the way, too. For some weird-ass reason, there's a voice in Kingdom Hearts 2. I wanted to know that. You did. So did everybody else. I I love Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) You can see the poster behind me for the the two people on this video call. Who is he playing in Kingdom Hearts 2? 
you're opening a can of worms. Okay. The character's name is Diz, but he's not actually Diz. He's actually Ansem the Wise, but not Ansem the Villain from the first game. Okay, you said enough. Okay, good. Yeah, you're you. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts has a lovely meme where it says, these are different characters. They all look the same. These are all the same guys, like five different characters, but they are all the same guys. So, yeah, don't you don't want to go down this rabbit hole with me. But go check out our Kingdom Hearts episode. We have a whole bunch. So, <laughs> but just the... I thought the castle was just so cool. I thought it was weird how they just like, invite these people in. He's like, yeah, just come hang out. You can live, you know, work here or whatever. Like, you can go as you please. My secret guards themselves. Either. Yeah, and the fact that, like, and you have the one scene with the wizard, this random wizard for no apparent reason. He shows up, casts a spell, the unicorn breaks the spell, and then he disappears. I'm like, why are you even here? Like, what was the point of this wizard? Because well, Molly said that Schmedrick should be his wizard instead. Okay. A magician or whatever you want. <laughs> if I remember correctly, wasn't that how they were able to, like, stay in the castle? Yeah. Wasn't, oh, she, yeah. wasn't Molly also, like, cooking or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was preparing meals or something. And Fuck the... God. Hopefully not rat soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were potatoes, so maybe she was making potato soup. There we go. <laughs> Can you imagine right. the shopping trip she had to make? I mean, that, that old bachelor just hanging around, he couldn't have had anything <laughs> in the cabinets, you know? Like, <sighs> well, I mean, they were both pretty skinny. I mean, that, what they, ate they have no guards, nothing. That castle was so run down. Dragon, he went out and killed some dragons. I know, I was thinking about that. Like, he just called and killed a dragon. <laughs> and then and he brought no meat. Here's uh, the head. Oh, that was all sick. <laughs> and why like, is the cat? That was probably her like best friend, and you just killed him. <laughs> right, right. And why are the castles always like all the way up a long, windy hill overlooking a cliff? Like, that's not really like good planning, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, but it makes her a great scene later in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's beautiful staging on an animation level. Okay, I'm not going to knock it too hard. <laughs> I think when they go first go to the castle, I think you do see the narwhals. I think you mm-hmm. get a brief scene, and I and I remember thinking to myself, I don't when I thought to me, I'm like, I bet that's a unicorn. So they turn into narwh- narwhals. Okay. I didn't say it out loud, but that's what I thought. You did say it out. I got I got to have a little bit of a negative Nancy moment. That's fine. When we see the narwhals, they also like say in the song that's playing, mm-hmm. there are narwhals. And yeah. There's a few times throughout the movie where they just do this stuff where they actually explain in the song what you're seeing on screen. <laughs> And I, I just kind of felt, I just kind of felt like, you know, maybe we can just play the music here. The music is very pretty, and you don't have to explain to me what I'm seeing. I can right. see it. It's right there. It's fine. But you're not a child, Rob. Maybe it's for the people that can't see so well, okay? I feel like even children, if people can't see well, why are they watching movies to begin with? They <laughs> <sighs> just stick to podcasts. You understand? <laughs> Because it was 1982, and there were no such thing as podcasts. Oh, yeah. you got me there, Lisa. <laughs> I don't even know if there were books on tapes back then, was there? Yeah, there were. And I don't even know if there was closed captioning back then. I don't know. So oh, the had, poor people who couldn't see in the 80s. Yeah, they, they, were, they were just, you know, stuck waiting for the songs that narrated what you were seeing. <laughs> so some guy in 2024 get upset about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think wild. about that that they were explaining the movie when they're playing. Well, maybe they just ran out of lyrics. <laughs> I, I, hey, it's America. It's okay. <laughs> Did they wait? Who wrote the lyrics? Do we know? 
I uh, think I America think, wrote all the music. Well, Thanks, America wait, wait, wait. wrote all the music along with like the soundtrack composer as well. Like they had a s- dedicated soundtrack composer that I think helped them arrange everything on top of the lyrics. Did they send it over to Sweden? <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just watched the documentary. <laughs> but I so, did. Cool. Well, this is pop, and talks about Sweden makes a lot oh, of okay. pop I, music. My but <laughs> that was a joke. But I know I, I I'm a big fan of America. I've seen them in concert once in my life. Thank, oh, unfortunately, once I would gladly see them again. Love that band. But so I, I really appreciate that. I'd be that person with my last unicorn leggings on, saying, "Sing the last unicorn song." With a shirt and hoodie. Who are you kidding? <laughs> And they'd either be like security, or they'd just like laugh at me. You know, in a way, in a way, you can kind of think of yourself like the king of the castle when you're at the concert because you're (laughs) paying these people to help you relive your childhood and you know help you relive your youth and innocence. (laughs) All the oh wow, oh wow, God, yeah, you're worse than me, buddy. I love you. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having all that. The cat is why I, I did that. I don't think they could see it. Oh, there's a cat. No, on top I of the saw the cat. Show. Yeah. Oh, did you? No, I was just talking about all your chocolate. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah, yeah a lot of. There's a lot of garbage. Yeah, I, I <laughs> have be... three cats. I'm very familiar with their shenanigans. <laughs> I had one try to get in this closet earlier. Had to close the door on her. So speaking of cats, I do want to talk. I almost forgot. I I really love the pirate cat in this. That has a pirate voice, a peg leg, an eye patch, but he actually has an eye. Like freaking awesome cat. I just that like, cat he's ruled. Like, he's like purr, purr, purr. <laughs> but everything is a pirate accent. He's like right there. <laughs> oh yes, purr. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that voice actor must have been cracking up when he's like, "They're like, we have a pirate cat." He's like, "Are you matey? Like, here we go. I am ready for this. I will purr as a pirate." Can you imagine Robin Williams doing that part? Oh, that uh, would have yeah. been awesome. That'd been perfect. That I would have saw this movie as a kid, though. <laughs> I love Robin Williams. No, but I love Robin Williams. I would have thought at some point. So there, there's Just that. for like a like a three minute, two minute scene. Never know. I've done weird. I've done dumber things and watched dumber stuff because of other reasons. But so you never know. But no, I I, I like this the stuff in the castle. Prince Lear is okay. Yeah, I did not like Prince Lear. I don't think oh. I ever liked Prince Lear. Okay, I actually. I actually really enjoy the relationship between the unicorn and Prince Lear because Prince Lear is himself sort of a stunted man child. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, like he can't reach out to anyone really yeah. because he's lived this hollowed out life in this fake kingdom that this you know monarch doesn't really rule anymore because he was so <laughs> obsessed with getting his unicorns that he he left his, he let his kingdom just completely fall apart. So this prince that he thought would help make him happy, and he says he did for a few years, which I felt was an incredibly casually cruel line that devastated me emotionally. Like, oh god. <laughs> I thought it was funny though when he kind of identified himself as like a hero, as if oh. that was like a job description that you could just apply <laughs> for. You know, he was like, well, you know, and they're like. Oh, she did. Well, I forgot what it was at the end with the unicorn, and they're like, "No, she doesn't need. Was it magic? She needs a hero." And he was like, "Okay." Like, and Molly looked at her like, "Hello, you're the hero." Right. <laughs> like, did you forget, buddy? <laughs> like, you declared yourself the hero. Well, he's not a very yeah. good hero. No, he, I don't know. I just found him very. I don't know why I don't like. Him. <laughs> 
He doesn't do a whole lot. No. I love you. Why don't you I think that's why you didn't like him, because there was too much of that where he's just like... There is too much. Why aren't you talking to me? Just say one word to me. Oh, my God. I couldn't handle it. (laughs) I think Uh, it was too much of that, I guess. There's a Uh, lot of that. Unfortunately, I'm sure there's a lot of men who did the same thing when they were young teenagers, maybe older (laughs) teenagers. Maybe in their early 20s, even. And sometimes <laughs> they don't develop as fast. I, I, I'm not saying it makes him endearing, but it is very true to life it for is. a lot of people. I think that's why I find it so annoying. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I, I mean, I was a little, really confused as the movie progresses later on. She's like, I fell in love with him. And I'm like, why? Like, it's like sudden, though. <laughs> he wrote you a poem. Oh, Sorry, dude. Like, but did you him. actually read it to her? It's like he had it. He read it in the hallway while going up to her. Like, he had like three pages. He read something in the hallway. It's a long hallway. <laughs> hey, for a guy that castle, never went to hallway. school, he tried. Okay, I'll give him that. He, 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 he may have learned to read simply to make her a poem for all we know. Like, <laughs> what use does he have to read? He, he has no one around. Like, <laughs> Chopping off the dragon's head did not work. Did not. I mean, he he had the cat, right? He could have spoken to. He could have spoken to that weird skeleton. Oh, yeah. He couldn't talk to his dad or or the magician or the entertainer that his dad didn't like. I bet that magician was a real downer. I bet he didn't like (laughs) the magician. (laughs) So do you think that... Everybody could hear the cat talk, or was it just women? God, like the I didn't think about that. Because, I didn't think about that either. Yeah, because you you only see him talking to Molly. Maybe it is like I mean I like the idea that I mean and I believe this in real life that women are more connected to the spiritual world than men are. Yes, I am. <laughs> I completely believe that, and I also believe there is spiritual stuff that goes on. But that that's how I took it for this. But no, I didn't think about that. But yeah, we never do see the cat talking to anyone else, just Molly. Yeah, I think he is there when the prince is there but i don't think he's talking to the prince okay i mean the prince is slaying dragons so apparently he can see other mythical creatures so mm. <laughs> he wasn't talking to the dragon no he was cutting his head off <laughs> that bothered me i like dragons a lot I know. Oh, oh you kill the only dragon in this movie man that that whole little bit of tokusatsu with the dragon that was sick like mm. <laughs> Watching that thing move around like slither. Like, I could, yeah, that, I could have had another ten minutes good. left somewhere. He like brought it back, and I was like, mm. <laughs> I know. It's like here you're killing a mystical creature to bring its head to another mystical creature. But, uh, <laughs> That's why she's <sighs> probably like ill. I knew um, this guy. He was my best friend. So I really, I really want to talk about the moments when the the king like explains all like how he knows she's a unicorn. And he looks into her eyes and he sees his humanity, whereas earlier he only saw the beautiful forest denizens that she was friends with and left. Man, like, that that is a creep. He is a creep on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he Monster. her here and the spot where her horn was is gone. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I didn't catch it oh, either. Yeah. Okay. Oh, because he can't see it, I guess, maybe. No, I think it's because she's become... In my mind, she's becoming human. She oh, was more right. human. She, oh, she's even starting to forget that yeah. she even was a... At that point, she was more human than she had been. Okay, I didn't think about that. she's falling in love with the prince, and she's forgetting where she's from and why she's there. And all, and all that stuff is about losing your innocence. Her falling mm-hmm. in love with the prince, her forgetting that she was a unicorn, a perfect being, a you know pure being it's it's really deep like i I love all that stuff honestly (laughs) this movie's a lot deeper than i expected 
I was not expecting this movie to be as <laughs> as much as it is. Yeah, same. Surprise. I appreciate it. Like I'm not I definitely appreciate it for what it is. I was just surprised. Other than maybe like a couple of little jokes and just like, you know, the the weird uh sexualities a couple of characters <laughs> have. You know, I think it really ages well because I he, think it does. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Tiffany. I, I just wanted to say, like, it ties its whatever whatever mysticism it has going on, and it, it ties it to relatable themes about innocence and time. Yeah, very powerful for me. I mean, hell, at one point in this movie, they run through a freaking clock to get yes. to the, where the Red Bull is. I'm like, that's right there talking about time. I felt like as in some kind of metaphor that they were going for. Well, because the riddle was you walk through time, and so you walk through the clock, but the skeleton is like, the clock's not time. It's just a bunch of wires and hands. I and like the drunk skeleton. Like oh, okay, skeleton. yeah, the drunk skeleton with his like with his memories that he got drunk simply from remembering what wine was wine like. Was, yeah, that got all God, that ties in so well with all the themes. Like, uh, how'd you if feel I about that? Wine, but I can remember it. <laughs> I would spend a lot less money on wine if I could just <laughs> just remember it. <laughs> just remember it, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, the only thing that got me was I was expecting when he drank the wine that we were going to see the water just like po- go through him, but I guess there wasn't any, was there? Yeah, in there to drink it. All. But also, it makes sense because he can't taste it because he's dead. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> Schmendrick, <laughs> Schmendrick <laughs> tricks him. Schmendrick doesn't actually make wine. He just takes a thing of water and says some words, and then he, like, drinks all of it, and is like, well, you know, it's wine. It's not good. It's not very, you know, well-made, but, you know, it's wine. And it's like, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> and then when he figures out, like, I, that scene when he catches that she's a unicorn, and you just start screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> yeah, doesn't have any. Unicorn. It's a good little scene. It's better than it had any right to be. <laughs> My favorite, the, the skeleton, drunken skeleton. You know, and then when when the king tries to kill the wizard again, and he's just hitting him with the sword, like trying to hit him with the sword, that was entertaining. The movie got me. I was like, yeah. all right, I'm with it. The pacing at that point in the movie is really solid. Yeah. And then when she, because she's confronting the bull, that's when he finally turns her, does he turn her back into a human or does the spell break? I can't remember exactly. <sighs> Yeah, actually, I'm kind of having a hard time recalling now. I didn't even see it. I just long watched day. it, and I can't remember. <laughs> well, either way, the spell breaks. She becomes a unicorn, and then she faces her fear. She faces the oh. first. She runs I, from the bull. Okay. I think it was big. Be- didn't she start to say that if she didn't turn back, that she was going to be like stuck forever, or she yes. was going to forget? I can't, I can't like remember that. exactly now. I think her turning back into a unicorn is her embracing her maturity. And, like, her defeating the Red Bull is about her finally, like, having reached the point to where she can help others. Like, she isn't simply a bystander who will be intimidated by the Red Bull. She shows that she can stand up against her greatest fear, her greatest uh, foe, enemy, whatever sense of uh, antagonism she has to deal with in the story is represented by the Red Bull overall. Mm -hmm. I agree. I really like her standing up to the bull and how he's like, oh, fuck, a unicorn stood up to me and he starts backing away. And I'm like, wow, really? Yeah, I'm like, this is just one unicorn, though. I don't. My guess is that he only ran into one at a time or, you know, he and they weren't if they're were more pacifist creatures, they didn't try to murder him. Right. 
And I was, I, I really loved though how she pushes him into the water. But that would have taken forever to round up all those unicorns one at a time. Over time, <laughs> he was an immortal being. Hey, if you think that would have taken a long time, think about how long it would have taken them to animate all those goddamn <laughs> unicorns in the water. That scene is just so. Is that when Chris? Because no, Lear gets killed. He does get killed, I guess, what the mm-hmm. YouTube video said. He And then that's when she stands up to the bull, when he, right. when he dies. Because she needs a hero to save her. <laughs> Not really, but... Christopher <laughs> Lee's Christopher Lee's king, like, dying because he, he won't leave his castle, and his castle crushes him. That has so much symbolic weight to it. Like, that so, felt really heavy to me as well. So was I the only person that thought of Saruman also when I saw that scene? So that's the one <laughs> in my head. Like, Wonder, hey, wonderful parallel, I guess. I didn't think about it, but yeah, it works really well. I mean, he he played Saruman, and he's in a tower at the end of two towers when that movie, when the trench come, I mean, he doesn't die in the book. Or God, I walking but. around being that person, I couldn't even imagine it. You know, like you, you accomplish things that people can't even fathom, but it's just an ordinary day for you. <laughs> but no, like when she finally like pushes the the bull into the water after Lear is killed. And when all you see all the unicorns come like out of the waves, that is really cool. I mean, that was great animation. Mm-hmm. That was a really powerful scene. I, I was like, this is, I can yeah. see why young Tiffany loved this. <laughs> and so from what I was reading, it was saying that that was a take on the unicorn overcoming her fear. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, like bravery, courage, you know, typical themes for movies. But I really liked the way it was done in this one because it wasn't just the unicorn kind of overcoming her fear and being her own hero, but it was her overcoming her fear, defeating the Red Bull, and thus kind of standing up for all the unicorns in the past. And then you see them kind of riding that wave. And and I was like, oh, that's really pretty, you know? Yeah, and it's the first time where she has genuine community of any kind. Like, in the forest where she lives, all the animals love her, obviously, but... They are a unicorn. She represents something different, you know, from the rest of the forest animals. Like, her innocence, like, they benefit from her innocence in a way that she doesn't. Yeah, which comes to play a little bit later, because in the end of this movie, what she says. But it's right after the, when the unicorns come, then she saves Prince Lear and, I guess, revives him with magic. Oh, yeah. 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 And he's upset. (laughs) I think that she's a... I thought he was going to turn out to be a unicorn too. When they say when that when the father makes a comment like I just followed him on the doorstep. I don't know who he is. I, was like, <laughs> I thought he was going to be a unicorn too. Yeah, I thought they were going to run off together, but I guess that was not the point of the movie. So that's okay. It's better. He was sad. He's like, I loved her, and I'm like, she's a horse. Okay, but she's a horse. Well, that's a that's a maturing point for him too, because now he has to go on in his life and develop a new life that isn't tied to this insane old man trapped in his <laughs> castle and now he's going to go on and like go past this heartbreak and maybe he's going to figure out what love actually is like maybe he'll get out in the world and you know not be killing dragons all the time to impress <laughs> chicks but he it was his, he let her go he told her no you can't stay with me oh, okay and so that was like him maturing as well okay i'll take it i i really yeah. do th- think that last moment when you see when you see her when she does visit the wizard and molly and she's just like you know i'm the only unicorn that feels pain that feels sadness because none of them else knew because i was human and that was so damn powerful i was like this is good i like the end where she's 
she revived them and she's like i remember you i do remember you because before when they were like you gotta you gotta go back to being a unicorn but i'm not gonna i'm gonna forget when i'm a unicorn i'm not gonna love you anymore and she still remembered him i I like that. It was a good scene. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of meaning to this movie. A lot more than I expected. Molly and Spendrick kind of teaming up. Like they suggest maybe it might be a little romantic. I couldn't tell. I, I also just think like the idea of them teaming up, it shows that they're two people who have made a lot of mistakes and that they've matured in a way that they wouldn't have been able to if they hadn't gone on this adventure with the unicorn. And now they kind of both realize like their advantages and disadvantages and that they work well together. So they're starting this new partnership up in the world. That that was kind of like beautiful in an unshaded way to me. Like all these characters have really good payoffs. I got the idea that they were kind of embarking on a romantic relationship at the end. Like the way they kind of like held each other. Yes. Yeah, so I I kind of got that okay. that gist too. I didn't think about that, but that's cool. It was I was surprised. I was like, and then the movie. Then I ended up hitting the wrong button and closed out the movie. So was there an ending after that, babe? That you were watching? Was there something else I missed? When the unicorn uh, starts running off and then they're playing music. No, and I hit it, the wrong it's button. mostly pretty backgrounds. Okay. Yeah, that's just. Because I was watching this on Amazon Prime with Freebie, and I was like, and I wanted me to go through all the ads again to get back. I'm like, nope, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I was so enamored, honestly, with the animation. I watched all those credits just to see what they were going to do. Some, <laughs> some of it's reused assets from earlier in the film, but there are a few that are completely new creations, and they're gorgeous. Oh, and funny off topic, but I saw somebody post in a Discord, 80s Kid Trauma Starter Pack. It has never any story with the horse. <laughs> Yep. It has Dark Crystal, E.T., oh. Optimus Prime, Dying, Land Before Time, and I don't recognize the other two. Let me see. What are the other two? I'm yes. not sure. <laughs> um, the one is Roger Rabbit, where they're putting the tune and the whatever oh. it is. Never seen that movie. And then the, the other dip. One, I, the dip, yes. And then I think the other one is Pee Wee Herman. Oh. And she's it's uh-huh. like a truck driver with her bulgy eyes. Oh, like, um, <laughs> never seen that either. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name, but yeah. <laughs> I've only seen three of the movies on this little list. I've never seen the Transformers movie either. But you have seen Roger Rabbit, right? Like, no. Nope. No. My fucking God, bro. I, just, I love you so much. God. I, I, yeah. I, I need to. It's on my list to get around to. You gotta to. go to Toontown. Right? I do want to see the movie and cover it. I've never seen it. You gotta watch it on a big TV at the highest frame rate you can yes. because it's just a gorgeous thing. Like, did the movie need to be drunk or high for? No, no, looks like it. No, you don't have I to mean, be. It would probably it would be probably pretty be cool new, regardless. I was gonna say, it'd be a new experience. We should try that. <laughs> but I can't get high and then watch a movie for the show because I won't remember anything. I did it for Punisher right. Warzone. Do it, do it once well. sober and yeah. then do it again high, and yeah. Yeah. then you can compare and contrast. Yeah. <laughs> Punisher Warzone was very interesting high. It went from being a boring movie to be like, wow, this is really good watching him kill everybody. Like, wow! I am not going to lie that I definitely considered being a little high to watch this movie. And then I was like, but what will I say? Because I won't remember everything. I'll be like, oh my god, that was the best movie ever. Oh, what happened? I don't know. Colors (laughs) would probably be really cool. Yeah, the animation (laughs) and the colors, we should try that. I'm okay with that. We won't have to remember the story. We can just be like, look at the colors, look at the unicorn. Any other things you want to say about the movie before we go to Shelf Stacker Box? 
Well, okay. Um, if you are going to get high and watch this movie, do not take like something that's extremely psychoactive because it will plunge you into a horrifying nightmare of, of a high. Like if you hey, do, like is this coming with all from the personal experience, no, no, I was thinking I, the same thing. No, 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 what I'm saying is like just like like I know how people function on these things, and like you know, if you gotta think about time and dying and innocence it's, that's a heavy load to pull oh, so and i i just realized by looking at the cast the voice of the skeleton is renee yeah Aubert, Aubert Aborgelet, uh, i think uh, that's a uh, or yeah Aborgelet. it's odo from d space nine yeah. oh i know him from boston legal <laughs> i i have another one for it to up you to um I know him from Benson, even before I knew, like, oh, right. he's yeah, He's a Benson. Benson. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. The spinoff yep. to Soap that is nothing like Soap on any level. <laughs> right, Great I forgot actor. all about him on Benson, yeah. I was yeah. actually going to meet him at a convention, Whoa. but he didn't show up, which I oh. thought all later because he was sick, and then he actually He heard you were away. coming in and was like, nope. I would have <laughs> fucking met him in a heartbeat. But I, I mean, you're Odo. From... Oh, he was in Mash. That's where I know. But yeah, he was actually supposed to be one of the conventions we went to, but then he had to cancel, and then I didn't. And then, re- and then later on, he died shortly after that, and I was really sad. Oh, that's sad. So assisted but, suicide? Huh? He died from assisted suicide. That was oh, how he wanted to go. Oh wow! I mean, it's hard. I, mean, I guess he was just old, and he had the option, and he died in a happy way. So. Not, I mean, hey, if you're if you're really sick, I mean, that's that's a way a to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was probably better it. than the way a lot of people die. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. All right, let's go to shelf stack. Yeah, sorry, box. I didn't mean to make that. I, I probably I should keep my mouth shut sometimes. <laughs> That's why you're here, Rob. <laughs> or to be the downer. <laughs> uh, and Tiffany, why don't you go first? And this is your pick. Oh, shelf. <laughs> that it? No. It okay. can be your choice. Yeah, please. <laughs> you can elaborate. Oh. I mean, I know it's your first time on the show, but you know. <laughs> it was. I knew it was going to be the show before we did this well, yeah. and thank you for not shitting on it too much <laughs> <laughs> i think it'll always be nostalgic and but i'm glad i watched it again because i didn't remember the themes and stuff from before it's been a long long time you haven't since seen I it since it. we've been together and we've yeah. been together eight years now it's been oh. a long long time since i watched it so. I don't, i'm not gonna say i was really young but it's definitely been a long at, at least 15 years if not longer okay <laughs> so yeah definitely chill. All right, I'll go next. I'm going to put this in the stack. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm glad I finally saw it. Didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. I appreciate it for what it was. It was a good movie. I'm glad I finally saw it. I can't believe it took me eight years of being with you that I finally saw this movie that you have a tattoo of on your leg. But hey, but you, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. So go in the stack, and I'm really glad I got to see it. And Mr. Rob? I would put this on the shelf. I think it's like so well done as a film. I wouldn't be embarrassed about it the way I might be some other anime from its time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it has a lot of deep themes that you that can start a conversation if someone pulls it out of your shelf. Like, I mean, it's just a top-notch movie, and even the little awkward bits are fun to talk about. Lisa, please, where are you? Where 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 are you sitting on this? This would have to be yeah a stack for me, and the reason is that I don't know if I would ever look to rewatch it. You know, but. For many of the reasons that Robbie just said, I would not want to box it because it's definitely something that I could watch again. I could talk about again. And I'm really glad that I, I did watch it. And, and, you know, thanks to this opportunity, now I'm like, oh, I know that movie, you know, which <laughs> I didn't know before. So 
definitely stack, right? The one in the middle. Yep. <laughs> stack. Are you yeah. good? <laughs> I'm so happy you got to come on this episode with us, Lisa. Thank I, you. I wanted to continue uh, proud conversations with Robbie Sherman tradition where I have you on for a <laughs> depressing, traumatic childhood film. <laughs> but this one didn't involve any, like, cat. What, no, what's going on with our well, theme? Well, it had the eye patch cat. That oh, that, oh that's true. Cat. I and love that true. pirate cat. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> way too much. See, we're we're on brand, Lisa. You don't have to worry You're about right. anything. My bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the next cat movie is going to be. Maybe that cats don't dance. <laughs> I've heard okay. they don't dance in that movie, so I don't know. <laughs> well, what about that? Well, it's not a cat movie. There's Rooster Cats. That's a cat movie. Oh yeah, the racist. I don't. Cat I don't even. If you want a scary cat, watch The Secret of Nem. That cat's scary as fuck. Oh, that'd be a fun one. I would do that. <laughs> That's kind of scary as fuck. It just so happens, right? Every every time that we've recorded, it's been a, a cat movie. That cat <laughs> is like the Red Bull in Secret of Nem. You know, it functions the same way. <laughs> kind of want to see that now. Another movie I should probably cross. Oh, it's with. it's cool. It's probably my favorite of the Don Bluth movies because I think his movies just kind of kept losing their edge as the years went on. And that's his first directorial debut. Yeah, it's good. Okay, that's a good movie. And Rob, where can people find you at? Conversations with Robbie Sherman. I'm on Twitter. I got new episodes coming out. We're gonna be putting out the second episode of the Freakazoid podcast next week. Nice. I remember you yep. talking about that a long time. Yeah, I I've had to like rearrange a lot of my plans due to live stuff so please i appreciate everyone being uh patient with me while i get back up on the horse all right and lisa where can people find you at so my podcast is called sass and sips our motto is drinks friends television you can find us at sassandsips.com and pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts all right and you will see a link in the show notes to both of these thank you uh, for both of these podcasts that's the best name ever by the way We sip and we sass, you know? I love it. <laughs> I'm a fan of the sass part more than the sip, to be honest. <laughs> that's okay, you know? That's okay. It's a show for everyone, I agree. Hey, sometimes drinking can bring out great conversations. Uh, uh, some of mine, I yeah, you can listen. I mean, I drink once in a while on the show. It goes, it goes places. And, you know, it goes both ways. Sometimes great conversations can bring about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that right. is true. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find over 550 other episodes of this podcast. Everything we do is on Podbean. You can go on our Podbean bar, Podbean bar and search and type in a movie. You never know. We might cover Dark Crystal, Never Ending Story, Labyrinth. You can find episodes about all those. We do video games, comics, movies, whatever the hell people convince me to talk about. So definitely go check that out. If you want to support the show, we do a Patreon for the little dog vote in our Patreon poll. We have a poll every month. So definitely go and you get to support the show. So definitely go check that out. And please join our Discord. You see a link in the show on our Discord. We need more people to join the Discord, please. So definitely go do that. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and ultra crazy Helena at Hell Hatsphere. You can follow her on TikTok, Twitch, Instagram. You'll see a link in the show notes to her link tree. Definitely go check her out. And give a shout out to Bill Tucker. Started his own podcast two years ago. A gamer looks at for you. Definitely go support him out. Check out Nomads of Fantasy and the and Nintendo Main Podcast. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, TikTok, Squirrel Videos, and YouTube. Audio only, but you can find us in all those places. And, God, I forgot what to say. And goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.